At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Welcome to Knife Talk, the number one podcast for knife makers, anybody interested in knives. We're here every, well, we record live every Friday, which we now do on YouTube, but we then put the audio out on a Monday morning as the main podcast. So if you, whether you listen to us live now or listen on Monday, thank you very much. Joined today by me, Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives, is Jeff Fader of Fader Knives and Mareko Momassi of Momassi Fire Arts. Welcome, guys. How are things? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm not on mute, which is a good thing. Yeah. Once again, I'm not at home. I'm in a temporary made-up studio in my mother-in-law's kitchen um, because oh. we are we are still in the UK. Um, hopefully, traveling back tomorrow, we are awaiting our COVID results, which we've been told should be with us by 10 p.m. tonight. It's now 8 huh. p.m. They're cutting it very fine, but we need those oh, results wow. so we can travel tomorrow. So. We're hoping right. we're all good. I'm sure we're good. I'm sure we're good. But um, yeah, it's 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 good. We I've had another week of not really doing much knife stuff. Um, I've done a fair bit of writing for the the forthcoming book, which we've chatted about, and lots of just getting out and about with the kids. It's been good. But um, enough about me because I've got. Wait a second. Knife. Not enough about you. You're on the end. You're on the end of your vacation. How ready are you to go home? Oh. Oh, extremely, extremely. It's been it's been a month. Tomorrow will be a month we've been here in the UK. Um, I didn't think That's we were going to be time. here that long, uh, and it hasn't been it hasn't been a vacation. It's been it's been a case of seeing everybody. Every, every, every day we've had a plan. We've had something we've needed to do. Someone we needed to be, or just something going on. Um, so yeah, it'll be nice to just be back home, settle. 
um, and just feel as if we're we're back in back in normality. One thing that has been nice is here in the UK, the restrictions are a lot, lot less, the COVID restrictions, and it's, it's pretty much back to normal. Um, you're wearing masks when you're inside shops and restaurants, that kind of thing. Um, but apart from that, it's pretty much back to normal. So that's been nice. It's going to be a bit, a bit of a comeback going back to France where things aren't, aren't as sort of forward as we are here in the UK. Um, but I'm just ready. I am ready. It's... It's, it's, it's hard work not working, if that makes sense, because you've got so many other things that you need to be doing. It's really hard. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But um, one thing that has been going on this week is the um, they started last week, the Euros, which are the European Championships football, um, which are get, everybody's excited about them over here. Uh, Wales did particularly well this week, beating Turkey. And there's a big match on at the moment, which is literally just kicked off. So if you're listening live and you're in the chat, Please don't tell me the score of the England Scotland game. If you do, you're a complete and utter bastard. Please don't. I'll watch. I'll watch <laughs> it later. Um, but that's that's my week. Um, Mareka, what about yourself? The week's been standard, kind of normal stuff. I actually, uh, I, but outside of that, I've uh, let's see. I've been riding my bike a lot more. The weather has been um, okay. And this last few days, it just started getting really sunny. Uh, we even busted out the pool for the kiddo. Um, and it's going to be nice for the next like week, week and a half or something like that. So I'm excited to get out this weekend. This weekend is Father's Day. Um, and so tomorrow is my standard, as we're recording this on Friday, uh, Saturday is my standard kind of hang out with my kid day. And um, so we're going to start it out real nice and chill and with some, I think I'm going to make eggs Benedict actually tomorrow morning. Um, cause I never, I always make it for other people, but I never make it for myself. And I loved it. I love eggs Benedict. And so I'm going to get some of that going. Um, do you, do you use vinegar in the sauce? In the sauce? No, I yeah, use lemon. Good, 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 good. I, I hate that when you go out for, go out for brunch somewhere and they put vinegar in there's two vinegar. Vinegar. In the thing. I could maybe yeah. use apple cider vinegar, but not. Just white distilled. Ugh. Yeah, Craig, you're 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 out of touch. You're out of touch. I'm going to the wrong places. Clearly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, talking about bakes, Benedict hollandaise sauce. Come on, man. Yeah. Right. So, what else are you going to do, Mareko, before Craig interrupted uh, you with his recipe questions? Yeah, I. What else am I going to do? I think we're just going to get out and try to get some time in the sun. Um, we have this spot that's not far away, um, and. Uh, from our house and it's along a river and it's got like a nice sandy bank that you can my, the kid can play in uh and play in the sand and then the water isn't like super deep right there so he can actually like with me walking with him he can actually walk across like it only gets up to about like his belly button or something like that um and so we'll probably go check that out because on saturday mornings it's usually dead 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 there's like just there's just nobody there and it's because probably everybody who is ultimately eventually going to be there hanging out at the river have been out partying until like one or two o'clock in the morning and right. so they don't usually start their day until about 11 anyways and that's when we peace so we get there around nine and we leave around 11 um and then I, i'm i'm i have to apologize i have some clicking in the background in my even heat i have uh some experimental stuff i'm playing with some i'm like reheat treating some knives um some woots blades actually that were uh where the woot steel was made by peter swarsbert my former shop mate and um 
So uh, I apologize if that gets really annoying in the background. Uh, well, Morocco, Morocco, what you could do is get some solid state um, controllers for that even heat. Yeah. Um, we <laughs> yeah, could get you one. a discount, but we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> well, that's basically it for me. Jeff, Jeff. your week. As always, madness. But fine, I'm. Uh, I have a. I, I'm now preparing myself for. We're gonna go on a. We're gonna go on a road trip to visit my in-laws in the end of July. So now I've given myself a, a very very hard deadline to get a lot of stuff done before then, which will be nice. Uh, I did some weird stuff this week. Uh, I had a customer of mine who noticed I had these subway tokens in, in from Los Angeles. Not subway tokens, bus tokens. You know, subways in Los Angeles. And um, or maybe there is, I just don't know about it. So I have these lost, I have these Los Angeles bus tokens and I just embedded one into this handle and it was like touch and go, um, trying not to crack it and you know, how do you do it and how do you get it in? How do, you know, it's a one-time shot. And I was actually, actually, I actually made the hole with a Forstner bit and then I uh, ground down the, I just sanded down the edges of the coin uh, or the token just so it fit almost. And then I used the can't clip, the can't twist clamps and I press fit them in with, uh, with epoxy and there was no cracking. It was like a one shot deal and it really worked out. And I can't even believe it. So what are bus token? Grateful knives wants to know what a bus token is. <laughs> Grateful knives. I mean, it's a old coin that you put in a in a car. It's a fare for a an old bus. I don't. I mean, it's a coin for it's Christ's not smoking sakes. Weed on a on a bus. Bus token. Yeah, that's right. It's a bus token. Yeah, yeah, bus when token. Bus, yeah. When you're bus token, that's right. Yeah, that's exactly it. And then, um, you know, that was cool. Uh, hopefully, got some more things going on uh, soon. I'm, uh, you know. I'm getting ready for, I'm, I'm going to go to a Yankee game. I'm going to go to a Yankee game. All right, Grateful Knives has never been in the United States. Okay, just, you have tickets. Let's just get, so if you're listening to this, you can join the show by watching us live on YouTube, YouTube Live. And we, are, we have uh, uh, some, some, some guys, some people in the chat who are, you know, piping in. So I'm gonna, we'll be addressing them. We're not talking to ourselves. So yeah. it's just crazy people talking to the uh, yeah. It's just like answers. people just you know like you say something you say something what's that and then you have to kind of go back and you know unfortunately I don't you know I, I look back and see it and I realize oh I better tell people what a bus token is and then in my mind I'm thinking why the fuck do I have to tell somebody what a bus token is you either know it or you don't <laughs> get your fucking phone out grateful <laughs> knives and figure it out well, that's it <sighs> work wise what you've been working on. Um, crazy things like said, you talk about. Well, just just trying to get some stuff out. I got some. I got some new colored. Uh, I got some new. You know, someone in the in the uh, on the podcast was talking about different sized drill bits for different sized holes, and I was talking to Chris Zepp, make everything shop, and he's helping me get some. I want to get better fits of the G10 dowels because sometimes what happens is, is if you if you're drilling into G10. You can kind of like bruise it and it's kind of mm. hard to sand it down. So I'm just trying to like fine tune my sizes of my drill bits. So, so somebody said that at one point, one of the podcasts that you can get a numbered bit that kind of 
is a hair over the size of your bit. So if like you're trying, you're trying to drill for a quarter inch dowel, you get a number bit that's just a hair up. So I'm, yeah. I was talking to him uh, today and he's gonna, he gave me some information in regards to sizing up. So I'm gonna be fucking around with um, better drill bits for me. Yeah, or reamers maybe, like engineers reamers. Um, I don't really I, for dowels is a reamer is a isn't reamer aren't they tapered? No. Oh no 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 not always. What the fuck is a reamer? I always thought a reamer was <laughs> like a perfectly round hole. Yeah. But I mean no no but like but isn't but I mean I use Forstner bits, so it's a perfectly round hole. But I mean okay. a reamer is just what a size up. Well, it's it's just sized better. So like a Forstner bit could they're probably not, um, you know, engineers' tolerances, you know. Um, that force and a bit are generally used for drilling wood where you don't get tolerances like you would for an engineer. Um, so a reamer would be uh, completely really tight tolerances and get exactly what you need. Hmm. Well, I'll have to look into that. Hmm. I always thought a reamer was tapered, but I, what the hell do I know? I'll tell you what, we've got, before we move on to more proper questions, we've got one in the chat. And let's do one really quickly. That's just come through. Um, charging cord uh, said, uh, if I haven't made a secondary Instagram account to post my work, should I post old stuff I've posted on my personal or just the new stuff? I don't want to annoy my friends who will follow me first. So he's, he's talking about Instagram account. So if I haven't made a secondary account to post my work, should I post also my personal? It sounds like I tell you're trying to make like a curated account of I tell just you like finished stuff. Right. I'll tell you what I did when I started Fader Knives because it was Jeff Fader oh, first. Okay. And then when I started a, just a strictly knife account, I started the knife account and then I just loaded it up. I loaded it up for a couple of days before I started following people. And it was almost as if like, you know, I just backloaded stuff and then it didn't end up in people's feeds. So like oh, I just okay. loaded the whole, yeah. I loaded, I backloaded everything up, waited a couple of days and then started addressing everything. And then, you're not bugging people. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Morocco, sorry, sorry, you were saying something. Uh, I was just saying. I mean, it sounds to me like they're trying to start a like an official account for their knife brand, right? And so, and they're trying to keep it separate from their personal stuff. But they're assuming that most of their friends are going to be the ones following, like immediately. I think, honestly, like if the if the works good to look at they're they're going to be all right with seeing it and it's only again like jeff was just saying if you do it over just like the first couple of days blasting or even all in one day just post up a bunch of old pictures from your from your personal profile to your business one um then it's it's only going to last for a day or two anyways it, yeah it's going to be fine i Unless, think a lot of the time we're too we're too sort of we're thinking too much maybe our instagram accounts where maybe our followers really don't give a shit they, they'll forget what they've seen within within a few minutes they don't know they, they probably don't know whether it's your old work or not you know they're looking at other people's work as well it's not the most important thing to them as it is to you so um yeah i mean maybe just keep a handful and just you know once a day at a, at two or three that kind of thing rather than just you know put on 60 at once um maybe that may mm. be the way to go but yeah yeah don't don't sweat it you know whatever whatever works for you it's it's not you know it's not that important to other people i suppose and yeah. definitely, definitely do the 10 pictures or the, the 12 pictures that make one big picture and do that when people are following you. That's always fun. I'm being the, sarcastic. The big, the big grid thing. The yeah. big grid thing. 
Yeah, you just see like the tip of the knife. You go, that's a strange picture. What's what all that? What the fuck? And then there's another one. There's another one. It's like, oh, yeah. my God, oh I, I see. Between seeing it in the you know what we're talking about. It's like twelve or fifteen yeah, thumbnails yeah. to make one big, you know, yeah. Voltron picture, which is a so, so stupid. Yeah, and as, <laughs> as soon as Instagram changed their grid to show five instead of four or three, whatever it is, everything's going to be out of whack, and it'll be like those, you know, those kids' tile toys, those puzzles where you got to move things around like that. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, there you go. Um, Grateful Knife says, look at the guys who want to follow you and look at the hashtags they use um, as a tip. Do, do hashtags really work? I mean, I, I never click on a hashtag personally, so I, I'm not sure whether how effective they are. Yeah, I, I used know. to have like a notes on my phone where I'd have a bunch and I'd just copy them into every post that I did, but um, sure. didn't really make a difference. I'm, I'm not quite sure, but, but maybe it works for Grateful Knives. I don't know. I used them for a long time ago, and then I, when I started to look at the, like the, the metrics, I wasn't getting anything from them. And I once got a guy who was mad that I was using hashtags oh. years ago. This dude was fucking mad, and I was like unreasonably <laughs> mad. And he said, "You're I don't understand why I have to see all these hashtags, and your work is good, and you should, and you should be able to, you know, your work should sell itself." And then the people in the feed started going after him. And I, I realized that he was a customer of mine. I'm like, I got to deal with this guy. So I just reached out and said to him, like, I, and I just kind of like, I was like, a, and he was hostile, super hostile. Mm. And I FBI, you know, hostage negotiated him down off the ledge oh and it worked God. out. Oh, it was just like, I just acknowledged, I said, I understand this must be very hard for you. And I can imagine, <laughs> I can imagine. I'm so telling you, I'm not you. kidding. Look at the words. I hear you. Oh I, I hear. I hear you. I hear what you're saying. I open my eyes. Like, I hear what you're saying. I understand. It must be very hard. You're right. I can see where you're coming from. And all of a sudden, it was all good. Cleared right up. Him. Oh, dude. I use all that shit. I'm, I'll fucking. Yeah. I'll fucking talk you off a ledge. No problem. I'm your guy. I mean, Did honestly, it, hashtags are part of a business. It's part of, especially using Instagram as a business. Like, it's they're key search terms, right? Yeah. And the goal is if. I mean, some people, I you know, I do go in and search whatever every once in a while, and and a lot of you know they're categorized under um, the different like people, tags, places, whatever. And if you look under tags, your stuff's going to show up. And if people are using Instagram like a like an image search, kind of like Google Images, but within Instagram, the hashtags will help most certainly. Hmm. I suppose I so. Yeah. Maybe I need to be spending more time doing it. And Steve from Moonshine Metalworks has just said they're very effective, Craig. Not just for direct followers of hashtags, but it helps the algorithm show your posts to people who follow people who use similar hashtags to you. Look at you. I mean, Steve. what does Steve know? He, he can't even make coffee correctly. What does he know about <laughs> hashtags? Jeez. I, well, I will say that, um, <laughs> that yesterday I got a message from the company that makes the Duk Duk knife. The original Duk Duk knife that right, I, I interviewed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. MC Cognet or something like that. Definitely not a French pronunciation, not the way I did it. But <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. So they had seen that I did a Duk Duk picture on Full Blast podcast when I interviewed Charlie Lionheart, and they wrote, "Thanks for, thanks for uh, uh, putting up our logo." And I at wow. first I thought, "Oh my god, I think they're mad." And it's I was just like, assist. "I just, <laughs> yeah." I did, well, I mean. I mean, they had 200 followers. I don't think, I don't think I'm not too worried about that. And I actually, I actually even said that to Charlie back in the day, where I was like, "Are you worried about getting sued?" And he's like, "Nah." So he, um, 
So I wrote them. A, I wrote them a message, and they followed. They found it because I hashtag DuckDuck, and they just thanked me. And I said, "I'm a big fan of what you're doing," and you know, awesome. But I mean, people look at their own names. People look at their own names all the time. So mm-hmm. I mean, if they're hashtagging people's, you know, different things that they're interested in, I think the hashtag thing just gets absurd when it's like super something that somebody's just not going to look up. You know, yeah. like you know, people get oh, a little yeah, bit super like. Super ridiculous hashtag. I mean, it's just like you're wasting everybody's time. I mean, no one's looking at that. So, like, Hamon's our life or something like that. Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Google or hashtag, yeah. searching the hashtag Hamon's our life. Or like something with 500 L's. You know, it's like it's so <laughs> stupid. It could be a Welsh town name. Um, let's, before we go on to get really into the show, let's take one more chat, one more question from the chat, rather. Um, so again, if you're listening on Monday, these are people who have joined us live on YouTube and they're asking questions. We can bring them into the show. So Zane and Amber Beard ask, um, I'm in the market for a leg vice. Uh, Mareko, is it necessary to have a large vice for bladesmithing? I don't really do much blacksmith work. Um, loving the YouTube live show. Uh, and that's a B underscore and underscore B underscore Forge on Instagram. Zane and Amber Beard. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Ben Snur, no offense, would say you need to change your name. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know, honestly, that's also a good question for Jeff. But I happen to get my leg vice at a swap meet for, I think it was like 175 bucks for like a 180 pound post like leg leg vice i think it's 180 pounds maybe it's 150 pounds i don't know it's heavy not fun to move um but yeah i don't think you really need a a big one i'm sure i don't know that's what she said jeff you got something (laughs) it's all about how you use it right (laughs) four four inch (laughs) wide jaws on a leg vice is probably good Um, for most bladesmithing um but if you can get a big one for, for for less or for a decent price, then why not? Of course, Re- it's just like anvils. You know, if yeah. you if you can, you the resale value is gonna maintain. It's one of those things that's just gonna be valuable forever. Yeah, there's a lot of that's what she says going on uh, yeah. at this moment. But uh, <laughs> you know, I just I just finished watching Nick Rossi's video, uh, his online video course, which I strongly strongly suggest everyone who listens to this podcast get it has all the questions answered on forging a chef's knife and it's very reasonably priced and it's definitely good he used a leg vice went in between normalizing and heat treating and what he was doing was he was taking the twists out of the blade so it was he was because i mean you could probably use any type of vice but a leg vice is good because usually you can mount it in the middle of the room somewhere. Like on a, like on mine, I have, a, I have it on a steel post. You know, you don't, you, you can, and then when you put the spine with the blade facing up, you used, uh, he was using uh, wrenches to align the blade so it's not warpy. Um, so a leg vice is good. And if I were to buy a leg vice, uh, if you were in the United States and looking for a leg vice, you would for sure, no questions asked, contact. Chris Cash. That's Mount underscore Philip underscore Metal underscore Works or Work. Mm-hmm. Mount Philip Mount Fiddle Metal Work. He's got the he's got the keys to the car. He knows where to get a leg vice. He always had a leg vice too. And he he boy travel travel the country for you. So get a hold of Chris and he'll he'll or at least he can help you figure out where to get it if you're in the United States. Sure. 
Cool. Okay, before we get into the meat of the show, which is questions from people from Instagram this week, we've got a message from a sponsor. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to evenheat-kiln.com. And in fact, don't. Get yourself an Even Heat, definitely. But if you go to knifetalk.net forward slash heat, that'll take you to Soul Ceramics, who are an Even Heat distributor. Um, and you can spec out your machine there. So they've got the KH models, which are the 120s, or they've got the, the KO models, which are the 240 volts. Um, they've got them all. You can spec it out, but you'll get a discount by doing it that way. So you'll get $75 off your Even Heat, and you'll also get free shipping in, in the US. So yeah, knifetalk.net forward slash heat, or follow the link in the description to this podcast or to the show, wherever you're listening to this, and that'll take you to Soul Ceramics, who are a distributor, and you'll get that discount automatically applied at discount. At, at checkout, rather. Okay, now is the time for... Hey, man, can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? These are things that have come to us via Instagram. People have DM'd questions to us through the week. If you've got a question for us... Contact us via DM at Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. It's that easy. It really is that easy. And who's been doing that this week, Jeff? Who's been doing what? You don't listen to you. <laughs> you do not listen I was, to the I show. was, you know what? I'll be honest with you. I was impressed with your <laughs> button pushing technique this week because last week you were in a hotel and everything was getting fucked up. And then now you're like completely on the, on the money. So I was I in promise. my mind. I, was thinking he's, I wasn't listening. I apologize, <laughs> but I was thinking about you. Oh, whoa, wow. I couldn't see your hands. That's like what's that. really worrying. That's what's really worrying. Yeah. <laughs> so I was wondering who has been DMing us questions this week? Oh, a pile of people. A pile of people. Um, well, the first one comes from Aiden Gribble Clint. And that name, I was really hoping Mareko was going to say. <laughs> and I was really hoping Abel, Aiden Gribble Clint. I was really Clint. hoping. Okay. Abel, Aiden Gribble Clint. Awesome name. Hi, guys. I have a dilemma. I have a friend who's been talking about wanting to buy a kitchen knife set from me. I've told him I could make a set of three knives and it'd be about $800. I haven't started making the knives yet, and now he's getting married in three weeks, and he's starting to drop hints about wanting the set as a wedding gift. I really want to make knives for him, but eight months as a full-time maker has left me poor as fuck. What should I do? Thanks, guys. Love the show. Mareko, straight on. You're shaking your head oh. in disbelief. Straight no, on. I don't think. Yeah. It's like, oh man. I don't think Aiden would. I don't think Mareko would have this problem. I don't think any one of us would have this problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not enough time. I feel like. I. You if know, he's honestly, the money. He needs the money. Yeah. He needs the money. Well, he, I mean, he's if like. He can make it happen. And his friend's gonna pay it. Then do it. No. No. He said. I, the I, end. I saw that. I saw that as differently as his friend is yeah. hinting that he wants this as a gift. So he's giving him a oh. price. He'd be, yeah, it's $800. But now his friend's getting married, and he's like, well, it could be a wedding gift kind of oh, thing. Oh, my know? God, yeah. Yeah, he's no. he's being a cheeky. Hey, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how I would feel about that. That that would be kind of that'd be kind of shitty, <laughs> honestly. Because that's, that's going back to what you were talking about a, a few episodes back, Jeff. It's, it's just like people just thinking you're just poking around and having fun and fucking off in the shop when you're actually trying to do this as a business, like you need that money coming in and 
you know, I you know what I have done for people? I've made letter letter openers for them as small gifts for all the fucking cards of money and all the other shit that they're going to be opening up as as a wedding gift. <laughs> but mm. and and maybe it's like a little paring knife. You know, maybe it doubles as a paring knife, but a full on like three knife set? No way. Like that's yeah. a lot Forget of work. It. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. That's and it's obnoxious. It's obnoxious yeah. that the guy would say, I want you to, I want to buy one and then say, maybe you should give it to me as a gift. That's some bullshit. What you could do is you could do, yeah. Uh, Zane and Amber Beard says cheapskate for sure. Definitely not enough time either. If three weeks is a tough spot, especially if you're trying to make money. Um, I, number one is uh, I'm always a fan of being funny. And being like, yeah, maybe, you know, you know, make a joke like, yeah, sure. Or, you know, make a joke about it, you know, but at the same time, it's like you could, if you wanted to give them a gift, if you knew the color scheme you wanted, you could make them a small paring knife or something like that as a gift. You could make the colors and you could write the next, the next are on you. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like this one's on me, the rest are on you. Or make them out of wood. (laughs) <laughs> or whatever or you know you could be clever about it i mean if you had something lying around you'd be like i know he wants whatever bog oak or something i have a pile of it or whatever i'll knock out something and then yeah that's it i'd say i would say if and that's even generous me i'd be like go fuck yourself and number two is you don't owe someone a wedding gift on the fucking wedding day you have a year You're so year. you have a year what? that's customary true hmm. But if his friend thinks he's going to give him essentially an $800 gift, like what kind of, they, they must be like fucking best friends or something like that. It sounds like this guy's like breaking $800. his ball. <laughs> yeah. That would you know be I'd a say, ridiculous gift for anybody to give. I'd say in Japanese culture, it's really um, offensive to give a knife as a wedding gift because that means you're severing oh, your friendship with them. And that's what it is. You've got to say, look, I'm all into Japanese culture. That means I can't make these nice for you, I'm afraid, my friend. <laughs> That's the ticket. That's what it's all like it. is. Look at you f- finding, a, finding a solution, a cultural solution. The Welsh. Griffith Handmade Knives is in the house. What did you think of the football this week? Uh, by, by the way, in the chat, if you're talking about football, please don't give today's score away, um, the, the England-Scotland game, because I haven't seen it. It's on live now. Okay. Let's go for another question. Um, that was from, where are we? That was Aiden Gribble Clint. <laughs> uh, Bad Omen Blade says, quick question for you guys. After oil quenching your blades, what if, any, what if anything do you do to clean them prior to tempering cycles? Um, I personally give them a good clean first um, with um, just, you know, tissues, you know, rags, give them a really good clean, then put them on a Scotch-Brite belt and that'll get rid of most stuff. And you've got a nice clean clean surface then to see any sort of tempering colours that you may need to see. Um, mm-hmm. But that's really all it needs. Um, Barako, what, what are you thinking? I usually don't do anything. I, I mean, I, I I quench the blade, but then I just wipe it down with a, a little like terry cloth towel that I have handy. And then I just put it in the oven <laughs> and temper it from mm-hmm. there. Uh, depending on the project though, I. Sometimes I will wash the blade off, um, like with soap and water. It's like just regular dish detergent, like whatever, mild soap. Um, but most often, I just wipe it down as best as, as I can, and then put it back in for heat for uh, tempering. That's what she said. Yep. 
Me too. <laughs> I don't. I don't do. I don't. I wipe it down and stick in the oven. Yeah. Really. Right. However, recently I've been doing is I've been using a wire wheel on the uh, on the um, wire wheel on the uh, mill scale of the carbon steel knives. I've been really liking the the texture I've been getting for the as opposed to just the straight mill scale. I've been using the wire wheel to give me a little bit of a kind of a raised bumpy mill uh, stru- uh, sure. texture, which I like a lot. It's and orange peel. Right, so Sever- exactly. Severe orange peel is correct. Exactly, perfect. That's you. perfect. <laughs> nice, Morocco. Do you want to take the next one? Yeah, this next one is from Richard Corner. It says, "Hey, cuties, how does one achieve more chatoyance in Damascus?" What do you guys think? Come on, man. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? Just go answer the question. I say. Yeah, I think so. The, I think the key to chatoyance is there are a couple factors. There's the oh, is that Molly, right? It's or, Daisy. Or the, it's Daisy. Daisy. Sorry, Daisy. She, she fell on the trampoline today. She's, she's got a bad nose today. She fell on the trampoline. She's wondering what oh, I'm boy. up to. Daisy. So it's about layer count, layer density. Um, and then it's also about the depth of your etch. Um, and you can kind of play with those a little bit if you go for a higher layer count then you don't necessarily have to etch as deep but if you're going with a lower layer count then you want then you want to go probably etch a little deeper than you normally would um and the range i like to play in if i'm trying to get some like really good chatoyance in either random pattern or ladder or something like that is around um either it's like 350 to like 800 once you get beyond 800 it's it's really tight and yeah like you can tell somebody you know you've got 1600 layers in the steel or whatever and that sounds cool but what it's actually going to end up looking like is not necessarily super awesome um so if you're at the but if you're at the top end at around 800 then you don't necessarily have to etch that deep because that your line density is going to the way it's going to be kind of reflecting and refracting with the light bouncing off of it is going to look pretty sweet. But if you are on the lower end around three 350 or so, you're probably going to want to etch just a little bit deeper because what you'll also get in addition to the top layer uh, that you normally see, the normal pattern, you also get a partial sidewall. And when I say deep, I mean just deep enough to where like when you're running your fingernail across the surface of the of the blade, your fingernail is kind of catching the pattern. Like there's enough texture that, you know, it kind of catches your nail. If your nail just easily slides across the top, that you might want to go a little deeper. Um, but it doesn't take much to get that, that, that kind of depth. That's maybe, I don't know, 10 thousandths of an inch, maybe. maybe. Here's a question. Yeah. It's obviously layer count, as you were saying. If you were using the same sized um the same sized 15 and 20 and carbon high carbon steel 10 1084 whatever if the sizes were the same if you weren't like using like a thicker of one or the other if the sizes were the same you'd have a closer you'd have a faster way to get to that chatoyance right yeah because like in when i lay up my billets i put all my pieces in a, a like a four and a half inch like just tabletop vice and if i fill that up and alternate each color i can fit like 
something like 42 or 43 pieces in there. So your starting billet already has 40 some odd alternating colors, and then you forge that out. And that kind of billet at that dimension, so the pieces are usually like six inches long, inch and a half wide, and like whatever, four and a quarter inches tall. That'll forge out when you if you forge it down to about an inch and a half wide, but but like three eighths of an inch thick, that's like a 36 inch bar. And then you cut that up into, you know, four inch long pieces. You got nine, is that right? Yeah, nine pieces at, at that, at 40 plus layers. And that multiplies your layer count super fast. So you can get high layer count really quick. Um, so yeah, I think it just depends on where where within that kind of spectrum you're playing with when it gets into mosaics and stuff it gets a little trickier because mosaics kind of fluctuate where the pattern is open and then it's tight and then it's open and tight and so you get some chutoyance in some portions of the pattern but not necessarily across the whole thing which might be what you're going for cool okay um we've had um well just a comment there in the in the in the chat from griffith's handmaid saying did i see nick lamarcon is in the chat he was the dharma steel giveaway winner which we talked Ooh. about last week and so he won a, a bar of dharma steel but um we've got some news regarding dharma steel so we we had pear the ceo from dharma steel on the other day and i turned the screws a little bit to try and get some discount <laughs> for you guys so if you use knife talk 10 you're now going to get 10 percent off um your dharma steel order which can be a lot of money. So yeah, so Knife yeah. Talk 10, um, you need to register with Dharma Steel to be able to buy from them, um, but it's a simple process um, and it's well worth it. It's great stuff. So what we decided we're gonna do is run a Dharma Steel Knife of the Week. So if you make a knife out of Dharma Steel, um, hashtag or at them, which is Dharma Steel Lab, and at us, which is uh, Knife Talk Podcast, um, and we'll pick one each week as a sort of Knife of the Week. And we've got one for this week, so. Get ready. So that is our Dharma Steel Knife of the Week from Edward R. Knives, which is Eddie Jets, who is, who is a listener of the show. Um, and that was actually the, um, the Dharma Steel Culinary Knife of the Year um, in 2020, so when they had the Dharma Steel Chef Awards. That actually won that award. And I've got some information here on the knife. It's an 8-inch uh, chef knife made yeah, using the, the Odin's Eye pattern, which is one of the Dharma Steel patterns. The handle is made from dyed and stabilized maple burl from Rob's Wildwood, who's Rob's Wildwood on Instagram. And the spacer is Fordite from Hawk's Nest Customs. Again, Hawk's Nest Customs on Instagram. So, yeah, um, Eddie, great knife. Really, really nice knife. We can see why it won an award. It's really nice. Good dude. 
yeah, yeah. Ed, 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 Ed's been listening to the show for some time. So, yeah, really glad to sort of highlight that. So if you've made a knife out of out of Dharma Steel, make sure you're, you're tagging them and us. Put a picture up and we'll feature it on the show. Okay, let's get back to another question. Mareko, over to you. All right. This next one is from Baltic Blades. He says, I am super... I, I am a super small maker from Eastern Europe who wants to advertise my knives to Western Europe countries. Uh, they're more rich and willing to pay for the knives, uh, what they're actually worth. What's the best way to break into the new market slash countries? What do you think? So where is he, where is he currently from? Did, did, did you, sorry. Um, so he's looking to sell more in Western Europe um, and he's from Eastern Europe. Um, He's, one of, he's from one of the Baltic the countries, I'm going to guess. Right. Okay. Um, whether that they're more rich and more willing to pay, I don't know. Um, there does seem to be a, a real sort of culture around knives in Eastern European and countries, um, but I suppose in Western European countries, you're talking about the UK, France, that kind of stuff. Um, I wouldn't say there's anything different to market in there. Um, what actually what i do see with a lot of eastern european knife makers is maybe english isn't their first language um so they're not always getting across exactly what the product is um so if that is the case maybe work with somebody you can help help with the language i'm not sure if that's the case with yourself because you 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 know you've written that really well so i'm not sure um but yeah i, I might have edited it i might have edited don't give him too much credit oh right okay okay well, i think blade um, sends in a lot of shit that i gotta edit Lithuania. He's from Lithuania. He's from Lithuania. Right. Okay. So, um, so yeah, I'd say that there's no real difference, I suppose, to market into the to these places. Um, I'd say Western European styles are maybe sort of cleaner in aesthetic, whereas Eastern European look a bit more, a bit more like a weapon, I suppose, because they, I, I don't know that that sort of style seems to seems to work better for for these for those countries, but um. Yeah, I mean, maybe market it as as a as a as like a European style chef knife, that kind of thing. If it's if it's culinary knives, but with regards to marketing it, I I don't really know. What what do you guys think? Um, I would Jeff, over to you. I would think using social media to your advantage in this situation, where which we were talking about hashtags before, use appropriate hashtags like that. Maybe you know culinary, and you know try to focus towards. Uh, you know, the difference between an EDC person who's who's marketing their knives versus a culinary person, they're using completely different hashtags. Mm. So you, I think he needs to focus on the people that he wants to buy, you know, younger people with money, and maybe try to optimize your hashtags in that regards, you know? Yeah. And I'd say, look at your following as well, um, and who, who you follow, rather. So, you know, start following the t the kind of people you want to be buying your knives. Because um, if they're anything like me, if I get a new follower, I'm generally having a quick look at their profile to see what they're all about. So, you know, follow the people who you want to be your customers. And, you know, with any luck, they'll follow you back or they at least get to see your work. Yeah. What do you, what do you think, Ibaraco? I mean, I feel like what's fortunate for a lot of makers especially makers of knives is that we can kind of do this work like anywhere hmm. you know craig you moved from the uk to france i've moved cross country to connecticut and back but i could honestly 
kind of go anywhere. But I think the the reason that the marketplace is opened up for that kind of flexibility is because we're not reliant on our local market, like our the the cities that we live in. Yeah. We can through social media, like Jeff was saying, we can advertise to basically anybody on Instagram. And so I don't think it's necessarily about trying to break into other markets. I think it's just just stay keeping at it, honestly, and just and um, I don't know. I don't know where the breakthrough happens and when it happens, but, um, you know, you eventually you I, gain traction and people start sharing your stuff out, tagging other friends in it. It starts out. I feel like it usually starts out very organic and grassroots. And then, or and and then you know maybe you work on a collaboration with a, another maker from the UK or from Western Europe who's um, kind of has more reputation or is better well known, and that could be a way to kind of do cross pollination in a way where you help do basically half the work and you but you guys sell it or they, I don't know. I don't know. I think yeah. there's a lot of opportunity for people to do more collaborations, honestly. Actually, Josh Prince just sent me some steel. We're going to oh. be doing something. Nice. That's nice. Exciting. Um, coming back to that, I'd say another thing is maybe don't consider Instagram as your only method of reaching out to people. Sure. So, um, for example, I do a lot of sort of uh, table nights for restaurants. And most of that work comes from contacting them directly. And I've set up this really sort of nice document where they can sort of see different examples of my work. And it, it, it's quite automated as well, the way it all works. Um, but yeah, if, if you can get that to the right people in a restaurant, that could be better than, you know, spending time on Instagram. So that will require some research, you know, finding the kind of places that, you you know, you'd want your knife to be in. Um, but that that's another thing. Don't put all your sort of eggs in that one basket of Instagram. Um, because it's it's not always the most effective way to reach big numbers, I suppose. Sure. Do you want to take another one, Jeffrey? Yes. This one, this one comes from Justin Stinson. What is the exact brand name of the bandsaw blade to best cut G10? Thanks, bro, chachos. That's Running Man Forge. He's our buddy out in California. Justin. Well, yeah. Um, I'm interested in this as well. Um, what are you using, Jeff? I'm using whatever I got on the belt on the blade. I mean, I get. I mean, I use. A, I'm stuck with this goddamn portaband belt. These portabands. So I get. You know, I usually buy the the twelve by twelve to fourteen teeth per per inch, and that's mm. what I just generally use. And then I just burn them like, you know, they're free. And yeah. um, I actually try to be very when i'm cutting g10 i'm very very efficient in the cuts like i don't try to do crazy i just try to take the meat away and then i have uh, my belts on my grinder and then a, um, a vacuum that sucks away the dust and then um, i just try to finesse it in i i mean the portaband is really for like g10 is really just for like taking off an extensive amount i'm just like a big chunks you know not you know, fine. You're never gonna get with a portaband blade. You're never gonna get like nice scrolling cuts. Mm -hmm. It's gonna always be like, you know, maybe if you push too hard, it'll start to kind of wobble inside. And I just try to take, I, I rough it out with a, a, a twelve by four, a twelve to fourteen teeth per inch. Yeah, and I'd say if you're using a portaband for that as well, if it's one with a variable speed, knock that speed right up for for G10. 
Um, I mean, you can get blades with carbide tips and all that kind of thing. They can get very expensive. But what I tend to do now with G10 is, well, I CNC a lot of handles with G10 anyway, but I'll maybe make like a, a sandwich slab of two colors of G10. They've been, they've been glued together, so it's quite a big slab. And then I'll cut that into smaller sort of knife handle sizes, not shaped, but roughly the size. And I actually use a jigsaw um, to that. And I just I just put a, a guide down so I can just cut into strips, then cut cut the lengths into it. So I got blocks basically. Um, jigsaw blades are super super cheap, um, and it just it seems to cut really well with the jigsaw blades. So yeah, I'm not getting in. I'm not sort of making sort of profiles of the shape of the handle. I'll do the rest of that on the grinder, but I'm making a rough block um, just using a jigsaw, just because those blades are so so cheap. Mirako, you don't really do much with G10, do you? No. I know, <laughs> but on my porter band, I'm usually rocking. Yeah, like the I think it's the fourteen eighteen, is what mm -hmm. I'm using on mine. Uh, bandsaw and uh, whatever I'm cutting through steel, G10 wood. That's the same blade I use for everything. Yeah, I'm just a caveman and just shove it on in there. <laughs> so she said, "Okay, that's a third in third in one show. I'm I'm a flying." Combat Abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now. 15% off. Hell of a saving. Head on over to CombatAbrasives.com. Uh, and if you're buying stuff from them, let us know as well on Instagram. And let them know as well. It, it helps us out. It's always good to know that people are listening to the show and that they're, they're actually taking advantage of these offers as well. It's always good. Jeff, have we had any unsolicited advice this week? Why, Why? yes, we have. I uh, thought we may have, yeah. We get a lot of unsolicited. Of all the things we get, a lot of it's unsolicited advice. And... Um, and if you want, you can send us, you know, unsolicited advice is basically when somebody says to you, hey, I have this great idea. You know what you should do? And it's usually like this, you know, it's, it's something they want, a piece of your great idea. So unsolicited advice is unsolicited. We're not. But the funny thing is, as someone pointed out, is I'm asking you to send me unsolicited advice. So it's not really unsolicited. So our first one comes from Baltic Blades. I thought we just oh, talked about again. it a second ago. <laughs> Um, here's some advice for the KTP guys. The off-topic chat about tire hammers from the last episode sounded super fun. From time to time, jump out of the strict structure and do some rambling, like the XYZ podcast, a.k.a. Two Guys, One CNC. <laughs> so we got show notes. We have a new executive producer, clearly. Baltic Blades is now giving us notes on how we should do a show. It may sound as if things are scripted here, but believe me, they're not. So our show notes are literally the questions that we get. So Jeff goes through all the questions and puts them all into one big notes file. So we've got no answers or anything. And in fact, myself and Morocco haven't seen these questions really until until they're set on the show. Well, you, so you, you, so you, it, could. you we could. could. We you want both could. And you both could if you wanted to. to. Yeah. I used to, but I, I think it's better, as as Baltic Blades has correctly said, by going right. off script a little bit, you know? He, yeah. He's quite right. He's quite right. Nothing. There's nothing more ironic than telling us to be, to schedule in being spontaneous. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the idea, Baltic Blades, is that I will we'll, we'll say a question, and hopefully that'll jog a story. 
or something. If you guys, I'm talking to you and Mareko because our executive producer is giving us notes. The executive producer wants you to something off the top of your head and, and just go with it because it sounds more fun. Hmm. Okay. So if I like all of a sudden I tell a story or we ask a question, you say, oh, that reminds me of the time I blah, 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 blah. go with it because Baltic Blades likes that shit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we shall do that. All right. Mareko, do you, do you want to take another question and maybe Jeff can calm down a little and maybe set us up for the next unsolicited advice? It's yeah. fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Baltic Blades is fine. You know, he contributes, which I appreciate. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It's fine. All right. This next one is from Noah Bloomberg. He says, hey, guys, just stepped up into a 2 by 72 into the 2 by 72 inch world. This reminds me of a story when I got my first 2 by 72. <laughs> this really? What this happened? Will, about this it. will crack you. I'm joking, obviously. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, Rick. Go on. That was pretty <laughs> Very good. Uh, into the 2 by 72 inch world. And I'm looking into a contact wheel. I know there's a lot of opinions out there, but I was wondering what size you might think would be best for S grinds in particular. Um, so contact wheels can be used for S grinds, but it is kind of tricky because the S grind is so wide and most contact wheels, even the biggest ones like 12, 14, 16 inches, um, not only first off are those extremely expensive wheels to buy, um, but they're usually not big enough to be able to get the whole hollow in the S grind ground in one, like in just one pass, you have to like grind along the top near the spine and then down a little bit lower closer to the edge and then you got to kind of wash out and clean out the middle a radius platen is the way to go i use this 72 inch radius platen um bill banky is the man and he makes the radius platens and i'm pretty sure that they carry them at texas farrier supply where you can get a 10 percent discount off said radius platen um but that would be my suggestion because the platen, the radius platen, you know, it's going to be, 
I, I, I honestly, I can't remember how much he was selling them for. But those co- giant contact wheels, they're easily like four to five, six, seven hundred, eight hundred dollars for those big contact wheels. And there could be also some issues as to how compatible they are with your grinder um, because each grinder is kind of built differently where the drive wheels located, where the, where the kind of idle wheel or the kind of like, I want, <laughs> I can't remember what the fucking thing it tilts is called wheel <laughs> track, the tracking wheel tracking and wheel. everything. <laughs> My brain's not working right now. Um, so I would su- strongly suggest getting a, a, uh, a radius platen versus actually getting a uh, contact wheel because contact wheels are not so expensive. Hmm. Yeah. If you don't like it, you can still go afford to go get a contact wheel probably. And do you know where you can get a contact wheel from that'll fit any any kind of grinder that you know they make um, accessories and stuff that'll fit all sorts of grinders. Um, it's the one that you use, Jeff. It's the Broadbeck grinder. Tell everybody about the Broadbeck. Good grinder right there. Two by seventy-two grinder for Broadback Ironworks. It's versatile. It goes horizontal. It goes vertical. It has awesome platens. Uh, an awesome big platen. I love how big the platen is for culinary knives. Their table rest. We haven't even talked about the rest. The work rest is super long, and you can actually move it around. So if you're having something very long, you can go from either side. It, you, it's it's very very versatile. I love their work rest. Um, it's very helpful, especially when you're using, uh, when you're using a work rest. Um, if you go to work, if you go to broadbackironworks.com, put in promo code knife talk 10, they're going to give you 10% off and it's a great grinder and you put it together and they're, you're not, they're not skimping, but they're basically, they're giving you the essential parts and they're saving you uh, value when you, uh, they're saving you money when you buy one of their grinders. So Broadback Ironworks grinders go you can even if you let's say you have something else but you want their arms they have fullering arms uh they have uh slack belt attachments they have all sorts of contact wheels and surface grinder attachments it'll fit your grinder so go get it rodbeckironworks.com promo code knife talk 10 okay i can do what i can do another question and then maybe jeff you could queue up some awesome hot takes um okay. this one is from robert pierce um, he says, I'm a fairly new hobbyist knife maker. Each knife I make is better than the last. At least I'd like to leave that. I have a tendency to be a perfectionist, and as a result, struggle to complete projects that aren't going to be planned or envisioned. I've made it a goal to complete my knives, even with imperfections, as an excess in growth. Is this something you guys struggle with? And if so, how do you work through it? And do you have reservations in selling a knife that isn't your absolute possible best? Well... That's really funny you should say that because I have a story about that. So last night I was at my brother's house and it was my parents' anniversary. So we were around there, the family, um, and they brought out a cake. And my brother brought out a knife that I had made um, probably about eight years ago. And this was actually stamped with the number because I used to stamp numbers on the knives when I first started, thinking it would be cool. Then I realized that everybody did that when they started. Then you soon stop. But this was number nine. So this is the ninth, the ninth knife that I had made. It was fucking terrible. I was embarrassed by it. It was, yeah, it wasn't good. The shape wasn't anything like the sort of shape that I do now. It was thick. It, it, it just wasn't a good knife. My brother really likes it because it was a gift and, you know, and that kind of, he's, he's quite happy, but it's not the greatest knife. And I, I come from a background of sort of software development. And when you make something better, 
you can just simply send out a software update to everybody. Everybody gets this new <laughs> version. I wish we could do that with knives, but unfortunately we can't. Um, so yeah, it is something that I struggle with a lot. Um, particularly when I'm speaking to somebody and they say, oh yeah, I've got one of your knives. And, you know, and I'm like, oh, how long ago did you buy that? And they're like, oh, you know, six, seven years ago. And I'm like, oh, geez. Oh, geez. Don't, ju <laughs> don't judge me on what you've got in your kitchen now. Um, and I'd like to think that in six or seven years time from now, I'd still be cringing because I think if you're not cringing at past work, maybe you're not improving. Um, so it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword, um, if you pardon the pun, but, um, yeah, yeah, I, I do struggle with it, um, particularly when I'm sp maybe speaking to a, a customer who I know had a knife which is maybe sort of four or five generations away from the, the current knife that I'm, that I'm working on. Mareko, I mean, you're shaking your head there, nodding your head rather. Yeah. How are you feeling about that? Yeah, I think it's hard. I feel like I am a perfectionist and I don't even know why I'm a perfectionist. Um and why I have it in my head that nothing's ever good enough. <laughs> but I I struggle with finding that balance between it is pretty good and I need to just let it go and move on uh, and letting things go and and running a business. Uh if if I if I was just gonna keep trying to make things absolutely fucking perfect, I would probably almost i would maybe put out a knife once a year or something like that and that's just not reasonable especially if you're trying to do things as a business i think i think there is there's always something to learn if you're paying attention to what you're doing and i think what's key is like keeping a notebook a burke a notebook or a journal or diary as people somebody i think it was jeff a while back was making fun of my my journal um no, but that my was notes, neil camamora Oh yeah, Neil. <laughs> my he was making fun of you. <laughs> um, and but keep track of those notes and and keep track of those things that you learn, so that yeah, each each time you make a knife, you you have room to progress. But at the same time, you have to recognize where to draw that line so you can move on and get that thing out the door and be all right with it. And whatever you you know whatever you learned or you saw that you could do better, do that on the next one. Get this, mm. get that one out the door so you can get paid and make those improvements. Cause I think as Jeff has talked about before in the past is, you know, I think what's key as a, as a, as an artisan, as a craftsman is to show kind of like the, the evolution of your work over time. And, and that's, that's exactly how you do that is you make those small improvements every knife. And like Craig was saying too, there's always room for improvement and he's hoping to see those improvements seven years down the road and looking back at his old stuff and cringing you know i i see some of my old work sometimes and i cringe i'm like holy shit i mean i actually have one of my what is it it's probably like one of the first 20 knives i made and i want to bring it back into the shop and do all kinds of stuff to fix it or quote unquote fix it and change things but my wife does not want me to touch it because it's her knife. It's or it was mm. my gift to her, and so she's not like, nope, just leave it the way it is. I don't want you to change anything. It's just the way it is, unless something like if the handle breaks off for some reason, then yeah, you go back into the shop and fix it. But yeah. outside of that, I, I think it's a good relic of, of of a certain time as well. You know, being able to look back and and say, yeah. you know, geez, you know, things have changed so much since then, which is always a good thing. So yeah, it's all yeah. good. What are you thinking, Jeff? 
Well, he what he says what he says was interesting was he his struggle to complete projects that are, aren't going as planned. So if and I've been down that road where maybe you've ground one side and the plunge line's weird or or there's something that you kind of can't fix. I've been down that road where I'm working on something and whatever you slip and then there now there's something in there that's like kind of impossible to get out or if you do get it out it's going to turn it into like a big dip or something. I've completely done that stuff. And then I've made the conscious decision. I was like, well, this one's staying here. Um, It used to be, I'm like, I'm going to give this to someone, but now I don't even do that. Now this one is like, I'm going to fuck around with this one, you know? So I'll try, you know, I've been trying, I would experiment with different time to handle materials or trying to do stuff just to kind of like work on things that I wouldn't have done before. Um, Look, it's the way it is. I mean, ultimately, ultimately, you know, you care. So that's important. But uh, I, I think it's important to see things through now. If something's, un, you know, you do not have the ability to fix it. I could put that shit to the side. I actually made, I have, I had a knife that I brought back from Barcelona. I brought a couple of them back and I was kind of, I put a handle on. It was like my style handle. And I had to take the handle off because it was like not happening at all. And it was one of those things and I just put it aside and I'm going to redo it at some other point. But I mean, it just happens. And it, sure. it, ultimately the best part is, is you care, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I'd be curious about, or to know what your guys's opinion is on this. So I, the way I used to do things is that I would start a customer's order. They want a specific pattern, a specific blade shape, all this kind of stuff. And somewhere along the way, I would, it would, it would not be going as I had planned or as it, it was supposed to go, uh, and it's not fitting, you know, the customer's um, specs basically. And I used to just stop and set that thing to the side and start over. And after talking with a, my friend Dan a while back, um, he offered some insight on something that never ever crossed my mind which was to especially with like i'm i'm looking at my workbench over here and there are like almost 50 knives laying there these are all knives that in somewhere somewhere along the process they just didn't suit the pro uh project and a lot of that usually happened like when i would make a pattern like sorry a customer would request the pattern i would make the pattern forge the blade send a picture and as long as things were all looking good then i would move forward with the order but there were often times where someone say that's not exactly how i thought the pattern would look or i that's a little too bold or that's a little too tight or whatever the, like the line density and so i would just set it down and then start over and his dance in talking to Dan, his thing was like, you know, if something's not working for a customer, I tell them, that's good. I understand. I'm going to finish this project. I'm going to get this out the door and then I'm going to come back to you. And I just, I'm like sitting here looking at all these knives on the workbench and all I see is just a lot of money that was not made in those times where because instead of stopping and finishing that pro or sorry instead of continuing with whatever that was and finishing it selling it to a retailer or just putting it up on my instagram or whatever to sell i just set it down 
and I yeah. started over. And now I've just lost whatever two weeks worth of work or week week worth of work. And I'm starting over from ground zero. And I, I realized that that was not a very, it's not a good model to operate in that manner. And that I need to now moving forward after having that conversation, if somebody is not cool with how something's going, I'll just say, that's fine. But I'm going to finish this because as a business, I need to bring in money and starting over and backtracking a week or two weeks or however I've how long, how much time I put into that order does not make any sense as a business. Yeah. And I don't think and you need so, to explain that even to, to a customer, you know, you, I just, you started it, the life. if it's not for yeah. them, it's, I mean, you work slightly different to, to myself because sure. you've got this huge wait list. So you're working through a wait list. So you've yeah. never got stock knives to sell, you know? So this is maybe that opportunity to have, you know, the, the, maybe it's a knife a month or where, however, however often it is to have something yeah. available for people to, to buy. So, yeah. And I, I don't think the customer even, okay, okay, the customer, you know, you may say to the customer, oh, I'm, you know, I, I got to continue on this one up and that'll be yours is next. But I don't think you need to go into details as to say, you know, as to say, yeah. you know, because I'm running a business here and I need to, that, that's, that's none of their business. So I think, I think that's a perfectly acceptable thing to do. Definitely. Without a doubt. Yeah. It's just it's something that never ever crossed my mind to, to to just finish whatever that quote unquote bad knife or mistake knife was, finish that, and then come back to the the custom order. Um, and business wise, like it is completely like kicked me in the nuts. I mean, I, again, I'm looking at all these knives. I'm like, it's it, monetarily speaking, it's been hard over the last few years because I've been operating in that manner. Hmm. Because basically, I'm I'm. It's not throwing, I'm not throwing the knives into the garbage. So it's not going down the drain. It's just sitting there, but it's money that's not being made that could be helping me to save or pay bills or whatever, you know, it's money that's not coming in. And, and you've just, got this I'm, constant list. You never haven't found the yeah. time to go back to these. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think if you start a knife, I think, yeah, you don't need to explain to a customer that you're going to finish this knife. I'd, I'd crack on with it. Jeff, you're know. reaching to say something. I just don't know your customers. I don't know what what are the, why they have so much power over you. Why do they? Be, why are they able to say? I give oh, that I didn't... power to them. <laughs> don't give it to them. You're giving them too well, it's much. Too late. I mean, it's too late well, not, for these ones. Not well. I mean, it's just like they don't like the density. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I mean, what are you talking about? You don't like the density. You don't like the density. If somebody said to me, "I don't like the density," I'm like, "Well, then fuck away." All I mean. I don't know what to say, but I think you give them too much power. I mean, honestly, I do. I mean, I, honestly, I, I mean, really I, I mean, the good thing is, is they're not thrown in the garbage. So the time isn't really wasted. I think sure. you should just make them and sell them. I don't know if you need to like talk to people about their timelines. That gets like, that gets a little bit too, you giving them too much power because yeah. there's no reason for them to know what you're doing day to day. You know, yeah. I know. Okay. If it's an inch shorter than they said, that's something different. Right. But if it's like, I mean, you know, what a three hundred layer count? I asked for three hundred five. Fuck you. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> Seriously, it's just like, don't ask me for my knives if you're gonna. And you can't. I don't like how much power you're giving these people, and I don't like well, how obnoxious like they classic, are either. It's that like classic thing of sort of. Um, like designed by committee. So again, back mm. in a former life doing software and websites. Um, I used to find that if I gave the the client lots and lots of options, they'd be like, could I have a little bit of A with a little bit of C? 
mixed in with a little bit of D. And if it's not what's in their mind, which you can't quite work out, they'd be like, oh, no, no, let, you know, it'll go on forever and ever. So if I'm ever at a point where I need to give the customer an option, um, I try to pare that down as, as much as possible. So they're really sort of big, wide options. You know, a, a very typical thing is like logo design. Everybody wants to have the little say about it. And if you, 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 you present them 10 different logos, you're guaranteed they're going to want, like I said, a bit of A, a bit of C, a bit of D, and you end up with something that's yeah. maybe not the greatest. Um, the way I look at it is, you know, obviously you're a very well-respected uh, bladesmith, so they're sort of employing you for your, for your genius. You know, that's why they've come to you, because you know what you're doing. So maybe they just need to put a bit more trust in you that, you know, you're going to make something which is going to be awesome. Please. Yeah. Well, and to back up and, and be clear as to how I got myself into this situation a little bit is when I first started, you know, I was pretty good at what I was doing, like right off, uh, kind of off the bat because of my experience with Bob. And and so I already kind of knew what I was doing life-wise and I, I had pretty confident control over what I could do. And all of the older makers that I had been talking to were like, oh, I just make what I want to make and people can buy it or they, or they can leave it. And so at the time I was like, I didn't get that. I was like, why, why is it so hard to, you know, make like fit particular dimensions and all these different kind of specs. I mean, I don't, I feel like I could do that. And, and for a while, that's how I operated. I, I called myself a tailor of cutlery. So like you would go get a suit tailored to fit you exactly. Mm -hmm. I was trying to give people all these different options around the pattern and the blade profile and the exact length and heel height and the handle style and handle material and different spaces, all of these different shit, all this stuff. Because like I, I falsely thought it was going to be cool, like easy enough. But the problem is, is I found is that I start because I've made these mistakes, these mistakes over all these all these years. And I have all these blades laying around and that's money that wasn't coming in. I found myself becoming like just working slower and more hesitant uh, and, and kind of agonizing all these details. And so I'm kind of at the same time, I'm, I'm still turning knives out at kind of a, a much slower pace than I really would like to. Um, but part of the reason I got, I, I, I'm where I'm at is because I, I was trying to stand apart. I wanted to, if everybody was over here saying you only get what I make, then I was like, okay, I'll I'll give people all the options and and I can do that just fine, but the problem is that this is at least for me, I can't do that. It's it sucks. It's agonizing. <laughs> it seems obviously what you do is is very different to what I do. It's a very sort of slow process, and I mm. get that your customers are going to be far more discerning than than maybe mine and a lot of them maybe collectors or you know they may have saved up this huge amount of cash for this one special item sure. have you considered um getting somebody in to do more sort of grunt work for you you know so so you know like like, like, like basically like you used to do for like like for bob you know getting right. somebody in who could who could well, well one they could be learning from you um, but also the more sort of tedious stuff that the, the sort of the time expenses stuff maybe they could be doing and you could be right. doing the more skilled stuff so it's still a, a more massy knife um the same as bob's knife was still bob's knife when when you're working for him yeah um you know you'd, be, you'd soon be able to knock more knives out that way yeah i've thought about it and 
but there's just there's so much more that goes into having an employee regarding taxes and, and employee insurance and all that extra stuff. And I I just I think eventually I'll be in a I'll be ready to do it. But right now I just do not feel like I'm in the place to do that. And Jeff, I mean, probably has a better opinion about all of that because he's been there. Um, but I'm just I'm just not ready for that. I don't think. Hmm. I believe that you should be you should be happy that you have that pile of seconds that sure. you have the ability to kind of put them together and sell them as is not like at first I thought maybe you could call them like seconds or something like that, but they're not, they're going to be beautiful seconds. and people are going to snatch them up and you could have a wait yeah. list just for those. Right. So it's like, I, I mean, I think you should allocate time just to knock those out, you know, like, and in regards to your customers, I've had conversations where they're asking for this and asking for this. And I'm talking to Tony and Tony's just like, they don't need to know all this. It's enough already. What color is the Corby bolt? What color bronze is the Corby bolt? They don't need to know. You know, it's like you get to the point where it's like, but obviously, I mean, you know, your knives are more expensive than my knives. So there's a lot more, there's a huge amount of, I would imagine that there's a, people are looking at a little bit more as an investment when they buy yours. So they're looking for something a little bit more. I know you've said in the past that people don't like you. If they, if you, they don't want, they want to make sure that it's never been done again. And they don't want pictures. So somebody could copy it or somebody could ask for the same thing. So, I mean, my opinion is, is like, I think you should be a lot lighter on yourself because it's enough. And I don't think that you should allow your customers to run your happiness because it's like, obviously, you know, it's not working. However, you do have a pot of gold on your bench across the way. I mean, you got those things. You can just put them together however you want. And then yeah. you have the ability to kind of put them at the market however you want without people, without having to send a message saying, well, what do you, do you think this is okay? You need to do that. Yeah. And I mean, that is kind of like trying to look at the brighter side, like looking at all these knives, like I do see money that could have been made, but the, the value or the price, I guess the price point, I could ask for these knives at versus even two years ago or three years ago is like two or three times as much now. And so, and what's, and I have thought about that. I've had people also advise, you know, maybe you can put out seconds. And the problems is like, they, these aren't blemishes. These, like you were saying, they're not seconds. They, right. They're not blemmed or anything. They're, they're great patterns. They just didn't suit a specific build. Right. So they got sat down. Um, but by, you know, take what, what I do, I think I'm going to do moving forward, like you were saying, is kind of put add these to my kind of like my workflow so that I am kind of getting a little bit of a break from the full custom stuff to just do these knives that just like the specific length, the heel height, the exact pattern, handle, none of those details matter. There's hmm. just, I think uh, Adam DeRosiers, I was talking to him about kind of where I was at and what was going on. And he's like, you need those are fun knives waiting to be made. They're just like, you, there's no thought in them. They're, it's all about just having fun with those. They're kind of a way to relax, but still get work done and still earn money. And then you go back to your customs when you've had your fill doing some of those. And you can still get paid for those just, just as much as you can for your customs. Do, so, do you have, Morocco? do you have a, like an email list of all the customers who who sort of pre-ordered with you who you know who are waiting for the knives like later in the future 
Definitely. I mean, these these may be good knives to finish and then just, just literally just send to that email list because what sure. you're doing then, you're not only selling the knife, but you're taking somebody else off the sort of back end. So you're reducing right. your list, um, but you're also making the customer very happy and you're making yeah. money with what you're sitting on your bench, you know? So it sort of ticks three boxes that way. Um, yeah. yeah, personally, that's probably what I do. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's got to be a difficult one because you know your knives are more sought after obviously than mine um because you offer this sort of you know this 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 unique sort of tailored experience um yeah it's 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 got to be a difficult one but i mean yeah doing it that way offering them to people who are already on your list it sort of makes sense to take them off the back end yeah. bring in money now and yeah. make value to what's sitting there by all means <laughs> by all means and how happy is baltic blades so happy he is happy. so happy and 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 Mareko, listen to you baltic blades our new executive producer we From went off the, off the off the off the road off track <laughs> it was I'm all so, for him and it was great it was a great segment and it's obnoxious that he was right that's the worst part he's totally obnoxious <laughs> but i mean look you got the world by the balls i mean you it, like i said these aren't things that are in the garbage they're they're very they're very you know the half the work a lot of the uh, most some of the work is done i don't know the, yeah. in how much of the work is done but adam's right i mean now you have the ability i mean that's what i'm doing is as every three knives i'm throwing in one that i just want to do and then they're moving you know and it's like going into a new direction but at the same time it's like anyone who writes that this isn't the density i wanted i mean get out of here seriously it's like <laughs> i don't yeah. yeah you're crazy what are you jeff bezos for christ's sake <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what? You don't need to be Jeff Bezos to buy Rhino Wet oh, um, because oh, it's great, great value for money and it's going to save you time and it's going to save you money. And I'm sure if Jeff Bezos was a knife maker, he'd be buying this stuff because time is money and we can save you more money. Um, so if you want to get your Indasa Rhino Wet, which is the best sandpaper on the market, you can go to Texas Farrow Supply where they sell that as, as well as a bunch of other stuff for knife makers. They've got a whole knife making section there. If you use Knife Talk 10, you'll get 10% off that order. So not just your Rhino Wet, all the other stuff that they do as well. So if you don't know what they do, go take a look. TexasFarrowSupply.com. Remember, use Knife Talk 10. And again, remember to let us know and let them know that you're taking advantage of the offer. That would be cool. Do we have any hot takes, Jeff? We certainly do have hot takes. Um, do, does Brian have... Do you still have that bumper with Brian? Say hot takes? No, never mind. <laughs> no, I didn't see it. Sorry. No. <laughs> All right. Hot takes are loud declarations, blah, blah, blah. Uh, David Hall says, here's a hot take for you. It's a joke, not a dick. Don't take it so hard. You know, some people <laughs> some don't take jokes very well. Um... This is an anonymous hot take. Uh, your experience on Forge and Fire is what you make it. You knew what you were getting into when you volunteered to be on the show. Don't get mad because you didn't get paid or missed out on orders. You chose to be on the show. Good anonymous. take. Anonymous. Good take. We, we, we shit on that show a lot, but no, we maybe... Don't. maybe I don't we think we do. shit on it. I don't think we, we shit on do, it. We do a fair bit, but I, that's a really I good don't point. shit on it. That's a really good point. If you're going in, people have various reasons for going in. Um, and it may just be for the experience. Oh, just a second. Just a second. We have a call. We have a call. Call failed. 
Oh, if shit. you're calling in, make sure you've got a good connection. That that's all we ask for, really. That's all we ask for. Um, so let's go back to another hot take, Jeff. Okay, Chris Halton says just because it's a drop point doesn't make it a Bowie, and just because it has a heel doesn't make it a chef's knife. So that's a uh, yeah. Okay, I'm with you. Uh, <laughs> moonshine some crazy. Bowie knives, as they call them, some crazy shapes, and I'm thinking, is that really a Bowie knife? But yeah, there's a Market lot of in speak, things. Maybe. Market Look, you know, speak. here's the here's the problem: is some people just don't know. Like, like uh, I mean, some people just use words, hmm. and maybe they don't know, and they're trying to just say, you know, you can go down the rabbit hole. Let's give it a go. Let's give it a go. That'd be good. <laughs> Come As on, you man. Were, Jeff, I'm afraid. Ronald Knives is trying to ring us. And, oh, um... Ronald Knives. Ronald Knives is trying to. He's down. He's been. Uh... He's in the chat. He needs a better connection, Ronald, I'm afraid. And he's Australians. Um, Moonshine Metalworks says here's a hot take. Tea is better than coffee always. <laughs> Not Steve. So Moonshine Metalworks is Steve. I've tasted his coffee. Mm, I'd say tea is definitely better than his coffee. Um, but, uh, in general, I'd say coffee is far better than tea. I don't think I could drink tea all the time. We had tea talk before. Actually, somebody got into the, uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to just head back into, uh, unsolicited advice because there was a tea unsolicited advice. It came from Nav Singh. I don't know if Nav Singh's in the, in the group chat right now, but, um, Nav Singh says, Craig's statement, fuck's sake, this better be Ronald. <laughs> Swear to God. <laughs> Ronald, is that you? Jesus Christ, Ronald. Are you there? Are you there? <laughs> Ronald. Yeah, I'm here. Where hey, hey, we finally got a connection. So Ronald has got a baby on his shoulder. Um so I think that <laughs> my babies are up as well today. So I think this show is putting babies to We're losing you. Uh oh. Yeah, it's Craig. We love bandwidth. Craig, you're sucking up the bandwidth. <laughs> you, you and the bunch of they're they're you're sucking up the bandwidth, Craig. It's not working. So we're gonna just keep going because we know how this is, Craig. Ronald Ronald has completely Ronald has completely derailed the show. Um, <laughs> and Ronnie. it's you know yeah fine. We we who's got the bad connection now? Rainy Day Forge says, "That's we have all sorts of people in the Rainy Day Forge thinks wants to know who has the bad connection." I think this might be. I think Craig might have been doing too much. I think he's doing too much. Um, all right. Well, he's uh he's out. We're gonna get back in. Um, here's some unsolicited advice that I don't know if you know about, uh, Mareko, but it's from Stephen okay, Rust. Stephen okay. Rust says, "Here's some unsolicited advice uh, when you." inevitably get super glue on your hands applying lotion on your hands helps break it down and get it off thanks for the great show did you know about that i don't have you ever gotten your fingers glued together i'm, not, glue? I'm not spending too much time with lotion on my hands um i usually just throw some acetone on a paper towel <laughs> all right and, no and lotion then... on the hands for you well <laughs> you, you i think you acetone. were <laughs> yeah, I like the fact that you said I don't have to spend that much time with lotion on my hands. I know, I know, I know. I'm fine. 
Um, Baltic Blades again says advice learn from the best to be the best, not from the rest. And remember, most of the YouTube knife makers are content creators first. That's some unsolicited advice. <sighs> there's a lot of unsolicited advice for Craig. Um, here's for one Craig. from John. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot. Of, I mean, he's off the thing. I have, I have a pile of them for Craig directly. So it's like, if he's not here, what's the point of even, what's the point of even saying it? But John Marston says, when you break a tap in titanium, soak it in ferric chloride overnight. The ferric will eat the tap enough to get it out. Did you know that? No. Do you ever work with titanium? Never. So I don't know why I would know that. <laughs> well, but I mean, it makes sense because it gets away it that does make sense. Yeah. I mean, not that I would ever use titanium, but fine. Um, this one comes from Dan Patterson. Oh, Keep I, so probably a tap. Sorry, just really like for uh, for like folders when they're tapping for a little screw. Any, and, uh, for yeah, and all that stuff. Yeah. Any of those taps are steel, so they'll yeah. they'll they'll be eat, eaten away. Um, Ronald Knife says the, the signal was great on my end. Thanks, Ronald. Three times and you're out, my man. Three times you're out. I mean, you, you knocked out poor Craig. So, I mean, it's like, who know, who the hell knows when he's going to be back? Um, this one comes from Dan Pedersen. Dan Pedersen is also the person who advises you when it's hot to put a soup, a soup spoonful of ice cream under your ball bag when it's hot and that will keep you cool. Keep a, keep a, all right, Craig just sent me a message saying, fuck, the connection went. Yes, the connection went, Craig. Fuck <laughs> is the correct answer. So we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we'll talk a little bit longer and then we'll get this motherfucker done. Dan Patterson says, keep a hundred bucks in your spending account. I'm not sure if it's the same in the US, but here in Australia, we're coming in at the end of a financial year, which means companies have to move stock. The main knife-making distributor in Australia have just released a bunch of specials and deals, and I would be mad to pass off. But lo and behold, I stocked up on steel, steel and belts in a few weeks back, a few weeks back, and now spending, the spending count is too low to buy that kiln that I went for at cost price. Plan ahead for a stock take and big sales. Have some extra cash up your sleeve, and just in case there was a deal you can't refuse. Uh, don't forget when applied with the, with a cold soup spoon, zinc cream soothes a sweaty gooch. Craig's back. Are you there? Muted. Are you on? Are you on mute? <laughs> you fucking on mute. You sure are. I was on mute. I was on mute. <laughs> <laughs> I I blame Ronald Dives there. He called in and everything went to shit. I think these Australians they 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 they're giving us some sort of virus by calling in. Them. Well, there was a lot of hot takes and unsolicited advice directed to you. And now that you're back, I think I'll just I'll I'll, I'll give them to you. Uh, Nav Singh says right. Craig's statement about boiling tea water several times holds no water. The first boil removed almost all the dissolved CO2 and dissolved oxygen. So subsequent boils have virtually no impact. Hot take on a podcast. You need to stick to what you know. And in Craig's case, it's forging. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fucking good ending that was a good ending <laughs> quite true quite true all i know is that if you are boiling water you're gonna have some stinky bath that's all i know since you said that i have <laughs> I, we have an electric kettle and for my dandelion tea for my liver i i pour the, anything that's mm. been boiled i pour it out now 
I whatever you say. I mean, I don't feel I taste the difference. I don't feel like it tastes a difference. This one comes from, <laughs> by the Ting way, Jacob Ward. J Sorry, Jacob Ward in chat has said the damn English always blaming their problems on us. Now, let's not go into the whole English thing. I'm cer certainly not English. And I'm fed up of you people. You, you Aussies, you Americans, thinking that Wales is part of England. It certainly isn't. You people. I love you people. You people used to be the one thing. Here, Baltic. Baltic Blades, we're going to go off topic people. for a second. <laughs> you people. <laughs> my, my father, my father used to say you people to my mother all the time. And it drove her fucking crazy. <laughs> and she would say, why is it? Because you know, who are you people? Catholics? Because my mother's Catholic. Was it, was it Catholics or women? Or why you say you people? And I started saying you people. And it is so obnoxious when somebody refers to as you people. Because they never know. It's like, you're all the same. You're stupid. It's I love you people. I don't say it, though, for Christ's sake. People get too mad. <laughs> uh, well, look, my connection isn't the best for some reason all of a sudden. So I think maybe we should go into our dreams of the week and, and fuck the way off, as you'd say. I'll start with mine because there's a chance that I could be leaving at any point. Um, yeah, this connection isn't going well. So my dream for the week that we get our COVID results within the next half an hour. They still haven't come through. We need them before 10 p.m. Otherwise, we can't go tomorrow. It's now 9.30. Um, and then we do our long drive back to France. So back in France for Father's Day, which is Sunday. And I can be back in work Monday morning, which I cannot wait for. So that's my that week, um, traveling, hopefully traveling, and um, yeah, getting back to things. Jeff, your week. Well, it's... You've started a war in the chat room. Everyone's very upset at all the... Uh, the English are mad at the Aussies. The Aussies are mad at everybody. Everyone's mad. You people all got to calm down is what I, what I have to say. All, all you people in the chat, for Christ's sake. Um, what I was going to say is I'm going to the Yankee. Yankees, Yankees are going to be playing the A's, and they are whipping ass. Now, all of a sudden, they just beat uh, um, Deer, Deer Creek. No. Mark Peacock's, Mark Peacock's uh, beloved Toronto Blue Jays. They swept the Blue Jays, and now they're going to play the A's this weekend. So we're going to go with some rabid Yankee fans to watch the Yankees. I'm very, very excited about that. And the then, greatest bowling um, teams out there. Right. That old gag. Um, yeah, I'm getting a lot of work done. I got to prepare myself to get ready for um, Voyage. So I'm trying to get everything done by then. And I got a few new things done that I like that we're going to put up uh, for sale. And then uh, just cranking away. Summertime's happening and our, we're, our little garden's starting to pop stuff out. So it's kind of neat. Nice. Nice. All right. All right, I'm hoping to uh, this experiment that's going on over my shoulder. Uh, I'm hoping to post something up about that in the next week. Um, we'll see if it's a if it works or if it's a total bust. Um, other than that, just keep slanging knives. Uh, I did a bit of forging the other day. Oh, I guess it's over there. Uh, forging to work on some work on some of that sword stuff, and but. Uh, I need to get back to real work that is going to be paying sooner than later. So, 
What's Craig doing? Is he talking to somebody? I said, <laughs> it's it's, fine. Outside it's fine. We're, tr- we're trying to get the baby. Okay, stuff. okay, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so but that's it. Just sword stuff, knife stuff, experimental stuff, real work. Get paid. Get paid. Get paid. Ryan. That's the way. Um, I think the show. So everybody, thank you for listening, and we shall speak to you all again next next friday if you're a live listener or next monday if you listen on the podcast so you can find us on any podcasting any podcasting network apple itunes apple Podcasts, spotify you can find us there but we're also on youtube with our videos every week um so go follow go like and um we shall speak to you soon bye for now this show is brought to you by the Mary, the podcast network for makers. The chat is pretty fun tonight. There's people having to go to each other, which which is quite good to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've started quite a thing now. Everyone's everyone's hitting each other. They're, they're getting mad, getting mad at each other. Yeah, it's funny been learning about Celtics nice. cultures and how they used to be all over. Went, um, and it was oh. rock solid until then. Huh. Let's come and see. Hello. Do we have a dog? Who is this? Say hello. Oh. oh. Molly. Say hello. Miss Molly. You should be in bed. You going to go down? Come on then. Say yes. <laughs> It's a microphone, yeah. We put that down then. <laughs> How Determined nice to be on the show. Determined to be on the show. Sweet. Um, yeah, until next went, everything went really well. So, um, yeah, yeah. apologies for that. Apologies for that. But, um, yeah, Have this guys... time next week, we sh- I, sh- I will be back in my normal studio. So, things will be back. Yeah. We'll be back to normal. Have you guys seen that video that's been going around Instagram? The- of this little English kid standing next to the window. I think he's about Molly's age. He's, he's like, there's a fucking goat outside. It's just like a little, it's a fucking goat. <laughs> probably the English. They're savages, those English. It probably was. Savages, yeah. yeah. Very, so you're not English. In a cave. You're Welsh. Definitely not English. No. Welsh are not English. Welsh, the Welsh are not very... British. It's like calling you Canadian. Canada is a separate country. So, it's, but you're not British. Yeah. Are you British? I'm British, yes. Okay. So yes, Great Britain is formed of a bunch of countries. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just asking. Don't get. Did you go to school? Did you? We didn't get. We don't give a fuck. I mean, <laughs> we don't know the difference between English and British. And fine. Jeff, no, it's, it's probably more like this, Jeff. It's like saying you're, you know, you're a native New Yorker from Manhattan. And it's like you're like saying you're from like Florida or like New Jersey or somewhere you greatly despise maybe not greatly despise but you don't want to be associated with okay i just wanted i wanted to know i wanted to know the boundaries because now we're deep in the deep in tea talk i figured you know at least we should have proper terminology because i mean you do consider yourself welsh you are welsh fine yeah very welsh very well currently in wales yeah 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 do you speak gaelic 
looking forward to final Indian takeaway before going home tomorrow. Uh, Welsh. Mm. No, I don't speak Welsh. I speak a little. I can understand a little bit. Um, my wife um, does a lot more um, because I'm, I'm from the, I'm from Cardiff, which is the city where everybody speaks English. So, you know, we learn a little bit of Welsh in school, um, but you only need to go 10 or 15 miles up the road and you're into valleys, territory, as we call it, and a lot more Welsh speakers. Um, my So Amy's brother, his kids go to Welsh only school, so they only speak Welsh, for example. Um, mm. So, yeah, there's a lot of Welsh being spoken, but I, I can understand a bit, but um, I couldn't have a full on conversation. No. True. Hmm. Jago Ward says the British sent us all down here, so they're all the same, right? Um, Jago's in Australia, so they're, they're basically all the British criminals were sent to Australia some time ago, um, an island where they couldn't do much damage, but they seem to have done a lot of damage still. So yeah, that's where we are. That's why all those Australians are so fucking huge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why are they huge? What, what does mean? Bastards part? were sent down to Australia. Oh, yeah. I see. <laughs> yeah. So what you got? Coming up now, you working? You mean right now? I'm gonna go home. Well, the weekend now, yes, weekend. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're gonna. Have, I actually might have a, a blacksmith who is trying to traveling around. Might stop by the shop tomorrow. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I have a million things to do. Lots of drawing. Some more drawings to do. What are you doing for yeah. Father's Day? I'm going to see the Yankees. We're going to see the Yankees. My kid's working though. My kid, my kid has a job at a coffee shop, and they're giving her weekend hours, so she's not going to come with us, which is fine. I'm gonna rather her work. So we're going to see the Yankees on Sunday, which will be fun. Yeah. So. Nice, nice. Uh, Mareka, what, what have you got planned for the weekend? Tomorrow, uh, Saturday, hanging with my dude. We're going to cruise around, um, and just just hang it's, the weather's going to be beautiful we'll probably go down to the market farmer's market um there's a great spot there's a marina it's like 20 minutes from here um and you can get like a scoop of ice cream and walk around and you can walk around through the docks and there's all kinds of like you know jellyfish and and fish and crab and all kinds of little sea animals and stuff out there nice. um so we'll probably go do that. And then on Sunday, Sunday's going to hopefully be kind of a, like my once a year, super low key day. Like maybe I sleep in until, you know, I'm usually up at 730. So maybe I sleep in until 730 or something like that. Um, <laughs> and late then one, 730. Yeah, super late. And then um, and then later in the oh, we're doing brunch at my brother in law's house and just with all the like getting all the fam like the kids together and everything and then um we're going out to my in-laws in the evening and i'm making uh pizza for my my father-in-law and my mother-in-law out there um, nice yeah. nice yeah nice we've had a, we've had a, a chat um question uh regarding something that jeff talked about last week and n warren um and he says uh, what did jeff do with his blue balls so if you listened last week jeff got sent some stuff in do you know Jeff? I do. It's actually, I found out who sent them, and it's actually a very, very funny story. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. At Parker, 
Our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 